Welcome to Experiencing God's Goodness. My name is Michelle Corgett, and today I want to invite you to join me as we hear stories of how individuals have walked through some incredibly difficult times and found God waiting for them in the middle of their darkest hour. We will hear some awesome testimonies of how God has shown up time and time again in the lives of these individuals and how they have experienced God's goodness. Today we want to welcome Renee to our podcast. Renee, I have heard your story before at a women's event, and it is a story of suffering. There's a lot of times in our lives that that we might go through a period of time of physical suffering, emotional suffering, but you've had more than your fair share of of those seasons. And so the one thing that I loved about your story was not the suffering part. It was how you have been able to just hold on to God's promises and how you've seen his goodness through each of these chapters. And so I just want you to share with us your story. Well, thank you for having me. I have definitely had a decent amount of suffering in my life and I think it came unexpectedly. I grew up in a Christian home, great family, generations of Jesus followers, and I expected life when I got married at 19, engaged to 18, married at 19, I expected to have just a sweet, happily ever after, and that's not what's been the case. So it started just a few months after we got married with... Our first pregnancy, which led to four pregnancies and five years, and they were horrific. Those were very, very dark times. I had a rare disease called hyperemesis gravidarum that affects very few pregnancies, but I was affected all four pregnancies by this. I would lose 40 pounds overnight when I would get pregnant, and I did not have 40 pounds to lose, so just day and night, violently ill, just sick for 40, 50 times a day when they would have me log um, that, but eventually ended up on a PICC line IV to be hydrated and nourished for throughout each pregnancy. So I still bear the scars today in my arms of all those PICC lines that were fed right into my heart. A PICC line if you don't know, is something that's it's a peripherally inserted central catheter that typically you only see cancer patients on because um, an IV site can't hold up very long. So when you need it in for seven, eight, nine months, they have to feed it into your heart. So, um, so those were really, really tough years. I questioned a lot where God was in the middle of that, uh, but that's where we started is a 19 and 20 year old, and then facing um, four back to back pregnancies that were very difficult. During that time, you tell a story about how at one point the doctor was not sure that you, he could keep you and the baby alive. What happened? Yeah, I went toe to toe with a couple of my doctors, had several different ones because like I said, this was the most extreme case of hyperemesis they had seen in the Central Valley before. So most of my doctors were not familiar with what to do with me, how to keep me alive. So 
So a few times when the doctors would come in, I dealt with one specific doctor that just continuously asked me or pressured me really towards abortion because they weren't sure that they could keep both, both myself and the baby alive. So I would have to be carried in or wheeled in to those doctor's appointments. Physically, I couldn't make it across my own house without resting for a couple days. So so we, Paul would carry me into these doctor's appointments, and the doctor for months was asking me if I would consider abortion because he was concerned that my other babies were going to be left without a mom if we didn't do something drastic. So the last time he asked me, I just took a deep breath and asked the Holy Spirit to help me respond in a way that would end this line of questioning with him. And he did the same thing he did every time at my appointments and asked me, you know, Renee, I really think we need to move towards abortion. I I don't think you're going to be able to make it. And I looked at him and I said, if this pregnancy kills me, then I'm going to trust that God has a plan in that too, but please, please stop asking because my decision is firm and final and I will not take the life of this baby. I value it too much. I believe that God created this life for a reason. And that was the discussion a couple times with a couple different doctors during different pregnancies, but it was tough. It was tough to make it through. Did you always want four kids? No, I wanted like eight or 10. (laughs) So this did uh, kind of convince you maybe to slow down. (laughs) For sure. Yeah, yeah. And I, I love our kids and I wanted many, many kids, as many as God would allow us. But after two, we weren't sure we could make it through any more pregnancies. We had a lot of hope that our second pregnancy would be different and it was no different than the first. So three and four were total surprises and they are some of God's biggest blessings in our life today that you do have wonderful children. I do know that. So once that chapter was over, that season was over, tell us the next season that was a struggle. Yeah, um, I took some time to recover from those years. I was very depleted, very thin, very weak and fatigued from those years. So it took quite a few years to really get back on my feet. And of course, I have four teeny tiny children trying to do that, which I loved. And those were chaotic years, but I loved them. So fast forward. So that was my oldest will turn 20 next month. So this that season started 20 years ago and was about five years long. And then about six years ago, so I had a decent break in there. But six years ago, I started battling chronic sinus infections in my head. So just one right after another, could not get a break from antibiotics, trying to get a grasp on these infections and nothing was working. So eventually after about a year and a half, we moved towards sinus surgery, which was about three hours of drilling into my skull, which was incredibly painful. The recovery was much more painful than I thought it would be, and we really were hopeful that that would cure the infection issue that was going on at the time. We were wrong. (laughs) So it's been since August, six and a half years ago, and even today I am still not infection-free. Surgery just led to uh, more serious infections. The, The overuse of antibiotics and steroids that I had to be on because these infections would become life threatening 
I'd have to go on those again, and each time I would, it just depletes my immune system and my body. So I've become very resistant to many antibiotics, and we just can't seem to get control over these this infection, a specific infection that I've battled now for five years since surgery is very invasive, very rare, and it's it would take a very risky and invasive surgery that at this point is not worth the risk of what it would take. So I continue to live with this. In the last few months, we've learned to control some of the symptoms better. So I'm not just completely congested all the time, which I lived that way for six years straight with just my sinuses closed. But even though we're managing the symptoms better, we still can't get to the root cause of this infection. And I live in a lot of pain. I live in just a constant state of exhaustion and fatigue because my body is always fighting infection. So just dealing with that has been very difficult. There are days I broke down recently with a friend and told her there's just a lot of days I just want the Lord to take me home because I'm tired of living in a place of pain and suffering, and it's very difficult. So we just continue to try to get answers, but on this side of heaven, it just seems like my healing is not going to happen. So that sounds in so many ways so hopeless. Where do you find God's goodness through all of this? these things and especially right now this is current you are in the middle of your suffering the last few years it's been very difficult at times to feel like he's left me here in this place of physical suffering which physical suffering that goes on for a long time does not just stop at physical suffering it becomes very emotionally draining it puts a strain on relationships because I am not a complainer. I don't want to go around talking about how miserable I am all the time. So it's that constant balance of trying to communicate vulnerably, but it's hard in the middle of being in a place that's just feels hopeless physically that I'm going to see a change. But I think some of the main things God has taught me is that he, he does not waste our suffering. He uses it for a purpose and every bit of our pain if surrendered into his his hands, he will use. And I have seen that time and time again. I have seen him build a lot of empathy in my heart for other people that are in hard places. But it, it has taken a lot of years of really dark and difficult places to see his goodness in spite of my circumstances. Because I think growing up in the church, I really had the misconception that if my circumstances were good, God is good. And I've really learned to separate those things and realize that God's goodness is not linked to my circumstances. And until I could wrap my head around that, I lived in a much more hopeless place. So just understanding that his goodness and his faithfulness to me is not a direct link to my circumstances. I have to separate that and I have to to trust and know that he is good and that he is faithful to me in spite of what's happening with my circumstances. But I also have learned to see like when I feel that way, when I feel differently, that 
he can't be good because of what's happening, that my feelings lie to me. (laughs) So my feelings do not always tell me the truth. So just learning to trust what he says instead of my own feelings has been huge in that because I have seen his goodness in so many ways that have nothing to do with him answering my specific prayer for physical healing, but they are a direct result of being able to share my story and empathize with another who's in a hard place. That's where I start to see his goodness. When I take my eyes off of my own suffering and onto what he has for me and for others around me. I know that you are not a person who goes around and and talks about this all the time. You're a very private person in many ways, but it is amazing when we are able to use our experiences to share our hope with somebody else that, yeah, our circumstances stink right now, but again, God is faithful. God is good. It might not be in the way, like you said, it might be not in the healing that you're looking for. Can you give me some examples of just how God has shown his, his divine goodness in your life? Yeah, I think that even looking back to the pregnancies and just the struggle it was to survive those years, just being so dependent on other people, which I didn't want to be. I hated feeling like I needed people, which is absurd. I mean, God, God way back in Genesis said that it is not good for man to be alone. Like he clearly created us for community, but I resisted that, that neediness. I didn't want to have to rely on others. And so he's broken that down very, very slowly in my life to, I think, break down that pride and help me to see that he did create us to need other people. And our needs are different, each one of us. But I look at what that season produced, just just those years alone. And I look at my four kids and I just see God's kindness to me to allow Paul and I to walk through some of the darkest years of our marriage, and to give us kids who love Jesus with all their hearts. And I don't know what this suffering will continue to produce in my life, but I know giving testimony to our kids and telling them that even when things are super hard and I'm still sick, God is still good. I know that my kids are hearing a message that I don't know that I heard as a child. I think I really thought life would be easy because I did things mostly the right way. Not that I was sinless, but I really strive to follow God's plan and design for my life. So to deal with, with such difficult things just seemed like it was contradicting the God I knew. But as I walked closer with the Lord, I realized I did not understand my God and he's allowed this suffering to produce things in myself and my heart. The refining that's happened over the last two decades has been so necessary and so needed, but also just the gift of my kids and watching our oldest two already commit their lives to ministry and to be just so sold out for Jesus that they don't see a point in doing anything else with their life besides spreading the gospel. And so that's the first thing that comes to mind. But There are just so many ways that I have seen God move through hard things. I I look at the example two years ago of losing my mom. I lost her in a very 
traumatic way. It just turned our lives upside down. It was during everything being shut down for the pandemic. So she was stuck in a hospital alone for two months and it broke my heart and it caused me to wrestle with the Lord and be angry for a while. But I kept going back to him. And through that, he's given me such boldness in my faith to where I got to sit with a friend recently as she prayed to receive Christ. And I have not had that blessing in probably three decades. I was a child last time I led someone to the Lord. So just being able to see what he's working around me has been incredible because I don't think my eyes would have been open to many of those things without the difficulty that we've walked through in the past and that I'm still in the middle of today. When you think about the sacrifice, the surrender, what would you tell somebody out there who might be struggling in their own season? Maybe their suffering looks different. Maybe it's not physical. Maybe it is physical. But what would you tell them about surrendering that back to the Lord? You used a word at the beginning that was already on my heart today as I was praying through this, just kind of being dealt that unfair hand. And I I think that when we look at our circumstances and the pain that we're in, whether it's physical, maybe it's through loss, maybe it's through financial crisis. It, it can be anything. It could be a diagnosis, but it can be things in people's lives around us that we love. Maybe it's not personal, but it's, it's personal because it's someone we love so deeply. I think when our eyes are fixed on that, it's really easy to slip into the thinking that I have been dealt that unfair hand. But I think the last few years, God is teaching me instead to look to the cross. Because when I look to the cross, I don't see an unfair hand that I've been dealt. I see I see something that I don't deserve. I know that his my savior who's traded his righteousness for me that I was I am able to take on his righteousness because of what he did for me. It is very difficult to look back at my circumstances and be hopeless because he has done so much for me. As we were preparing for this podcast, you had mentioned something that I wanted you to share about desiring your healing. Yeah, I, like I've said, I, I've followed the Lord my whole life, and I sometimes get so desperate to see him answer these things that he's not, not in the way I want him to anyways, and I I was sitting with him one day and he just said to me, do you want your healing more than you want the healer? And I really had to sit with that. And that day I wanted my healing more than the healer. And I had to confess that. And I've had to walk through just a process of figuring out why I desire that healing so much this side of heaven when I see him working so many good things in this hard place. So just laying that down and surrendering it has been hard. And there's many times lately where I've gone, you know, face to face with the Lord and just said, you know, God, I don't understand. I don't understand all that you've allowed. This has been hard and I'm exhausted. I'm weary of the struggle and I need you. I need you to meet me here in this place. And I had mentioned losing my mom and that 
that alone just caused me to really wrestle at his feet and figure out all these questions I have. And so I, I did some studying on heaven and what's to come. And I have just been blown away to see that all of these questions that I hold on to and think that I'm going to want to ask the second I get into heaven, God has just given me a total peace to know that when I get to heaven someday, I'm not going to be, you know, pounding my fist on the table, demanding answers for why he allowed what he did in my life. I think that when we walk into the presence of the Lord someday, we will know and we will see what he was working. I I don't think that any of our questions will be left unanswered. So that's just been my heart lately is to really seek the healer more than my healing. And I think that is a wonderful thing that we need to all remember. We all need to keep in mind every day is not looking for the answer necessarily, not looking for even the problem to be solved, but just to be seeking him. Recently, there has been revival that has been breaking out at different universities and different churches. And, and I think one of the, one of the keys to, to that in our own lives, just personally, is again, realizing we have to throw out all of the, of the peripheral. We have to keep our eyes on him and just worship him. I've too thought about what's heaven going to look like. I think it's a common question when you are little in church. Who do you want to talk to when you go to heaven? And of course, they, you know, throw out some ideas like Moses or Noah. And I, now I think, you know, we we sometimes think, well, I want to, I can't wait to see my mother. I think we will be so just in awe of the Lord. I think we will just literally want to just worship and bow down before him and just bask in his glory. But I think we can do that here too, on this side of heaven, and seek him out, seek his goodness out, seek his truth out. Well, I want to say thank you so much. I know that it is not easy talking about suffering. I know it's not easy going through suffering. Otherwise, it wouldn't be suffering. But talking about it, especially when you're in the middle of it, can be a struggle because it does. It's not resolved. It's not something that you've come through the other side and go, woohoo, I went through this and this was how God showed up. No, you're still going through the fire. And without a knowledge of that fire will even end. It's just day by day right now. So I thank you for for doing this. I thank you for sharing that. I think there are people out there who need to be able to hear God is still good, even when your circumstances are not changing. That keeping your eyes on your circumstances is not going to help your situation. It is keeping your eyes on Jesus. So thank you. We're so glad that you could join us for today's podcast. If you're interested in experiencing God's goodness in your own life, and you would like somebody to pray with you, there's a 24-hour hotline that you can call at 1-800-700-7000. There is somebody on the phone ready to talk to you so that you too can experience God's goodness.